The Houston Texans start their second round of interviews today. And when you take a look at the Houston Texans free agency class, who are some of the players the Texans should allow to walk? You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the App Store. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. I'm John Hickman, of course, joined by none other than the Houston uh, Houston Texans beat writer, Houston Rockets beat writer, Cody Davis, here to discuss and talk Texans second round interviews, uh, two in person this is very important for the Houston Texans. We got Ejero Evero, Mike Kafka, Cody, walk us through it. Yes, sir. And I know when people hear those names, when you hear second round interviews, that means, oh, snap, this might be their top two candidates, but it's not. I was told by a source on yesterday, once these interviews were scheduled, which is taking place today, that the Houston Texans will continue to go through second-round interviews um, outside of Ben Johnson, of course, who already withdrew drew his name, and outside of Sean Payton, who's already – it seems like he might be on the course to go to the Denver Broncos. Um, It seems like everybody else, which is around five to six candidates, they will give them an opportunity to go through a second interview. Everybody's top two candidates, everybody's top candidate, which is the Miko Ryans. Um, the Houston Texans cannot talk to them until, I believe, after the NFC Championship game, since this is going to be the second round of interviews, which is good. Because like I mentioned on yesterday's show, I do believe that this NFC Championship game will determine who the Houston Texans and this head coach is going to be because both Jonathan Gannon and D'Amico has elevated both teams and put together some really good defensive teams. Now, John, when you take a look at Mike, when you take a look at the defensive coordinator from Denver, um, you know me. I'm high on Mike. We had this conversation several times. Um, if the Houston Texans do decide to go with Mike, I believe he is possibly third on my head coaching candidacy list um, just because I like how he was able to elevate the New York Giants offense. Um, I'm not going to repeat everything, but for a huge example of what Mike did for the New York Giants offense, this is a guy that helped this team go from averaging 15 and a half points a game to 21. You know what he was able to do with Daniel Jones, finally get him to opportunity where he's looking like a solid quarterback. You mentioned it several times that wide receiving core might have been a little bit worse than what the Houston Texans had, and he was able to get the best out of all of his wide receivers. So, yeah, good luck to Mike. And once again, this is this does not mean that the Houston Texans are deciding between these two candidates who will have their second-round interviews today. Yeah, my message to the Texan fans out there is simple and I'm going to keep this short and Cody may get mad at me, <laughs> but don't panic. 
don't panic. Houston is going through the process, uh, I think, a great process of elimination. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have, you know, some great candidates out there, and what you want to do is give yourself an opportunity to make sure that you're finding all of the best qualities out of that candidate and, and figuring out whether or not what – you know, their principles are and, and what they stand for as a coach in terms of schemes, in terms of how they want to go about free agency and the draft and how well they can work together with the front office. You really want to give yourself an opportunity to see whether or not there's somebody out there that may be better for the vacancy, uh, not based off name, but just because of what they can bring to the table. One thing that, you know, I look at Mike Kafka and say to myself, this is his first year as an offensive coordinator right as as to where when we look at gannon and, and D'Amico ryan's they have multiple years as coordinators so that may scare people away but do not panic this is what you want from your front office after botching two coach head coaching searches in back-to-back years so again i'm keeping it short and simple right here what i'm saying do not panic this isn't a cause for concern do not be alarmed this is houston going through a real coaching search, which uh, for some people can feel like a fairy tale because it hadn't happened in a couple of seasons. I would like to say this. Ejiro Evero, the Denver Broncos defensive coordinator, reportedly really impressed the Texans' front office during his first interview. Um, and that's despite the lack of head coaching experience that is under his belt. These are some of the tough decisions that you have to make as a general manager. Nick Casario and Cal McNair is, is making right now. And I tell you what, if you want to experience some of that same difficulty, but yet fun, go ahead and check out the Ultimate Football GM app. I want to shout out my man, CC Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers, competed against him, and he won our Locked On NFL Championship, uh, which is pretty dope, man. That game is super fun. It's your turn to go ahead and compete. But more than more on that later, if you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise, well, your dream can come true. This game is definitely for you. You'll manage every strategic aspect of your team and play through the season. Lead your team to glory, trying to build a dynasty. With the Ultimate Football GM game, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating your franchise through free agency and the drafts and all of the ups and downs that come with the season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want, when you want to. Our Locked On listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store that's locked on in all caps so make sure you check it out today ultimate football gm start your dynasty today welcome back in locked on texans listeners and viewers thank you guys for checking us out today i want to shout you guys out man everybody that's new to the locked on texan page on youtube everybody that's new to the podcast i want to shout you guys out man our numbers as of late has been crazy. Mm. Um, our subscribers has been going up every day. And if if you know Cody and I, you know how much that really means to us. We work tirelessly. But 
we don't do this for us. We really do this for y'all. I mean, we do this for us a little bit too because we get <laughs> we get a little money, you know. But we really we really do this for the uh, Texas community, man. You guys have been rocking with us and running those numbers up. Don't stop. But we really appreciate it. And I just want to say that we're dedicating this 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 podcast to y'all today. It's, it's hump day. Mm. You know, we had a rough day on Tuesday with the weather. Hopefully, nobody was really affected by some of the things that was going on in the city of Houston. But thank y'all and thank you for everybody outside the city of Houston, outside the state of Texas that listened to the Locked on Texas podcast. Now, got to talk about in-house free agents that the team should let Moonwalk up out the door. Uh-huh. <laughs> Moonwalk, Crip Walk, um, Chunk the Deuce, Get the Stepping, all of that above uh, that that should, should not be on the Houston Texans roster for next year. Cody, I, I'll let you start off the show. Start this off. You know, everybody understand how I feel about Rex Burkhead. And I'm not even going to look at Rex Burkhead because I think Rex Burkhead is a given. I think if we took a poll and said if there is one player that the Houston Texans should not let walk back inside the doors off of 610 and Kirby, it should be Rex Burkhead. However, John, listeners and viewers, there are three players that I'm looking at when I'm saying to myself that Nick Casario will be doing himself and the new head coach, this organization of fans and reporters like us, a disservice if he decides to resign them to a contract. The first order of business, the first guy that I'm looking at is Kyle Allen. I remember when the Texans first traded to Sean Watson and they had just signed Kyle Allen. Of course, they had re-signed Jeff Driscoll. And of course, with Davis Mills as quarterback number one, Everyone wanted to know, and we talked about this here on the show back in March, that whether or not it was in the Texans' best interest to go out there and get a backup quarterback just in case things do, do not go well with Davis Mills. Nick Casario said that he, he had a lot of confidence, a lot of faith in that quarterback room. And unfortunately, as we saw, what, 11, 12 games in, things was going terrible with Davis Mills. You put in Kyle Allen, and he was an even worse Backup. I get it. I understand it. It's always in a franchise's best interest to make sure that you have a veteran quarterback on your roster, especially given the fact that this is a team that's going to draft either CJ or Bryce. You want them to have somebody that they can rely upon. However, Kyle Allen is not the answer. The next guy that I'm looking at, and this one is going to break my heart because I had a lot of hope, a lot of expectations for this young man when Nick Casario signed him, and that's OJ Howard. You take a look at that tight end core. I think that tight end core might have been one of the best position groups of this past season. And I just think as of right now, when you take a look at the fact that Jordan Aikens came back, revived his career. When you take a look at the other young guys like Brevin Jordan, TQ, even though it took Brevin Jordan a, a little bit longer and he did go through a second year slump, he ended off the season really good. And when I when I take a look at those three tight ends, I look at O.J. Howard, and I do believe that he's going to be somebody that's just going to be in a way. And outside of the, the week one tie against the Indianapolis Colts, he did not provide the Houston Texans with anything. And the last guy that I'm looking at, Philip Dorsett. You know, you talked about it a lot with this wide receiving core. It's not that great, especially considering that the Houston Texans are going to move on from Brandon Cooks. That is a position group that Nick Casario definitely has to improve. And I do believe, just like O.J. Howard, if you bring back Philip Dorsett, he's just going to be another guy that's going to be in the way. Mm. You know, Philip Dorsett was definitely on my list 
But I looked at that receiving group and I thought to myself, I don't know. Uh, I feel like Dorsett is a player that you may wait until you may bring him back to see what he does in camp. Maybe he can help out the depth. But not necessarily mad at it. I got linebacker Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Uh, on August 30th of 2022, Lewis was actually waived, if you guys remember, by the Texans. And then he was signed to the practice squad the next day. He was promoted to the active roster on September 10th. Then he suffered a groin injury in week two and was placed on injury reserve on September 20th. He just never panned out for Houston. Uh, was signed last last offseason. I'm sorry. He was signed the offseason before. Uh, just never really, like I said, panned out for Houston. And then that brings me to my second player, Neville Hewitt. He saw 424 less snaps in 2022 on the defensive side of the ball compared to 2021. Mainly saw special team action this past season. I wanted to start off with the two linebackers because not only have we saw the growth in Christian Harris, but I think that if we're being honest, when Christian Harris got on the field and he played well, he elevated the play of Christian Kirksey. But then we also have linebackers like Jake Hansen, Blake Cashman, and Garrett Wallow. I think between Hansen, Wallow, and Cashman, those are um, those linebackers I think can provide more for Houston than Kevin Pierre-Lewis and Neville Hewitt, who quite frankly just hadn't panned out at all for Houston. Lastly, I think it's time to move on from running back Royce Freeman. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. It's been a waste of time for both the Texans and Royce Freeman. Uh, was able to get more snaps this year compared to his first year in Houston, uh, 41 compared to 35 this year compared to last year. But he didn't run the ball well, only averaging 2.9 yards per carry and did not score a touchdown. To be fair, Houston's O-line isn't like the O-line that he had in Denver where he was a more effective runner, but he just never panned out for the Texans due to his own merit. And Houston's inability to favor him over who? Let's say it together. Let's say it together. One, two, three. Rex, Rex Burkhead. So I think uh, between those three players, listen, you're going to be able to find a linebacker, whether it's by draft or through free agency, to make up the possibility of what Hewitt and Pierre Lewis brought on special teams or being able to rotate another linebacker in and out again. I just gave you guys three linebackers that I think Houston should consider bringing back, especially Cashman. And I like Jake Hansen. Now with Jake Hansen, it's kind of funny because Jake Hansen was tied to Levy Smith. Remember he played under Levy Smith in mm -hmm. Illinois, but I mean, at times Hansen was able to make plays, whether it was free, not free agency, but the preseason when he was able to get on the field and at points throughout the year, he was able to make some plays as well. And Gary Wallow is always one of those players where when he gets on the field, he's able to do a little something here, a little something there to help out this defense. And I think for Houston, they had an opportunity to really see how good of a runner Dare Ongubuwale is. Maybe they bring him back for next year. And also maybe they bring in a vet running back in free agency, or they may get younger by picking one out of the draft. Deuce Vaughn out of K-State I think would be great for the Houston Texans as well. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for the Locked On Network because they are the number one sports book in America. 
FanDuel. And if you are new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports two things, fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from money lines to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger play- payout with same game parlays. All on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So, football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose, cannot beat that. At fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, for this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. And before we go, we just want to share some news that us reporters, fans, we are not the only ones excited about who the Houston Texans are going to hire as their next head coach because according to Jerry Hughes, um, the Houston Texans have been talking a lot about the coaching candidates in their player group chats. Um, we had an opportunity to speak to him last week at one of his um uh, one of his community events, and it was it was kind of fun to see Jerry Hughes show his excitement about who the next head coach was going to be. Um, that doesn't mean that he was happy about the firing of Lovey Smith. He didn't say anything about that, but it just watching his excitement just took me back to when we first saw Nick Casario the day after they departed from Lovey Smith. And like I mentioned on that day, and I'm going to mention it again, it finally seems like that this organization is finally moving in the right direction. I know I said that last year, last year with the hiring of Lovey Smith and with the elevation of Pep Hamilton. However, this feels different because the Lovey Smith situation always seemed like it was forced. I mean, we're not about to go into all that because everyone already knows the full story. But now it seems like when you take a look at all of these candidates, every single one of these candidates has a resume where whoever the Houston Texans hire, whether that's D'Amico, whether that's Mike, whether that's Sean Payton to a certain extent, depending on what you got to give up, um, every single one of these coaches has the ability to get this organization back on the right track. And you can see it in the players as well. Yeah, I, I think that's dope, man, for mm-hmm. the guys to, you know, look forward to new leadership. new change. And like you said, this isn't a shot mm-hmm. to Lovey Smith, but this is just understanding that this is a business, and this business has always been about winning outside of the Dallas Cowboys in the last 27 years. But, um, you know, the last time we talked about the Texans in a group chat, it was when uh, Brock Osweiler got traded. Now we wasn't doing. <laughs> I remember that we wasn't. I don't. We, I don't think we was doing the. Uh, like, we wasn't doing locked on Texans at that mm-hmm. point, but uh, we were doing the rundown report. It's taking us back memory lane. Uh, but I, when when Brock Osweiler and the Houston Texans decided to part ways, that Texans group chat reportedly was going crazy. I remember that. <laughs> uh, like they were super excited, happy to say the least. And there's other things that I will not, I will not say on camera, but yeah, man, it's just, it's good to hear that the players are looking forward to change because uh, this league is, has always been about change. And this league has always been about improving. And I think not only 
the fans, the front office, but the players are looking forward to improvement. These guys cannot waste another hmm. year by winning three to four games or playing for a tie or things that, of that nature that honestly does not make sense in 2023. So to hear Jerry Hughes, who I think – Jerry Hughes, excuse me, who I think came into this season and was a leader, uh, led the team in sacks, kind of got some fountain of youth going on over there, that Michael Jordan water hmm. uh, from Space Jam. But that's encouraging to hear because overall – these players are trying to get it right. You don't play this game to get it wrong. That's the ultimate goal. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter. Give us a follow at Locked On Texans. And as always, to our lovely listeners and viewers out there, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Texan podcast. Not only do you subscribe, but tell your friends and make sure that they they tell their friends to subscribe to the Locked on Texan podcast on YouTube as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.